When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Myron Metcalf here, filling in for Matthew Collar with Manny Hill on Purple Daily on Score North. Uh, My man Jonathan, we are talking about the NFL Hall of Fame. And, and whether anyone knows what it takes to get into the Hall of Fame, we're, we're trying to figure it out. Uh, we started this conversation with Eli Manning. Uh, somehow it descended into Manny calling Steve Young a better quarterback than Joe Montana. I think that's I what I heard. Uh, and, and things just went crazy uh, from there. But I believe we have a caller who wants to jump in on this NFL Hall of Fame conversation. John in Manhattan. What's up, fellas? Uh, you know, regardless of Eli Manning uh, and getting into the Hall of Fame, I'm just excited that we as Vikings fans get to watch a QB put up Hall of Fame numbers for our very own purple and gold. <laughs> so, so Kirk he's, Cousins is well, – here's the thing, though. He's – yeah. How old, how old is Kirk? Kirk is 31. Yeah. I think he turns 32 this year. I mean, accumulation is a big thing when it comes to the Hall of Fame. Seven years from now, you don't know. I mean, if he puts together six, four thousand yard seasons or something, like accumulation well, matters in the NFL, which is why mm-hmm. a Matthew Stafford who will have maybe the worst winning percentage of any starting quarterback who started for the same team for more than a decade when he's eligible is going to have a mountain of yards. Like Matthew Stafford might retire with 65,000 passing yards or something like that. Like he's still in his early 30s. What do you do with that? Well, here's here's what's so interesting about a guy like Kirk Cousins. Not obviously, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but if the Vikings somehow miraculously win the Super Bowl next year with yeah. Kirk Cousins, changes everything. Changes everything. Hundred percent. That's amazing, though, isn't it? Like, it's, it's amazing because right now. There's no way in hell I'm putting Kirk Cousins in the Hall of Fame. There's no way in hell. But everybody who isn't Trent Dilfer or Brad Johnson mm-hmm. or Joe Flacco, I should say, but Joe, <laughs> like anyone who hasn't either been a game manager or shown a dramatic decline from their Super Bowl season, for the most part, they've been Hall of Famers. They've been Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Like think about all the guys who've won in the Brady era. Like they, for the most part, have been Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Russell Wilson will be in the Hall of Fame. At some point, right? Like, Russell Wilson is going to get there. At Patrick Mahomes wins one this year. Mahomes is going to be a Hall of Famer. 
So, yeah. Super Bowl. Although, I, I'll say Myron Jim Plunkett won, too, and he's not in. Yeah, I don't. I'll say over the last 30 years, it's it's different. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, I, I think the sports hub is so gigantic, and it's a lot easier to say, put my guy in, and to just put a big spotlight on that idea. Uh, even though an Edron James and an Isaac Bruce and a number of guys aren't in, there have been a bunch of guys who benefited from sort of just the bandwagon saying, hey, this guy was really good. Why isn't he in? You can campaign almost. And I think quarterbacks who have Super Bowls, those are the easiest guys to get in. If mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins wins a Super Bowl and at 31 keeps playing another six or seven years. Does it does it matter how he performs in that Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, should it matter? Being an MVP has obviously helped Eli Manning. That changes the conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think if he's good and they win, and then for me, it would be because you're assuming, let's say he does it next year, right? Right. Now you got to say six, seven years if he's still playing good football mm-hmm. and he's had a couple of Pro Bowls in there, and you're like, oh, he also has a Super Bowl. That feels like enough to get in based on this great criteria. Yeah. How, how many career passing yards does he have right now? Kirk Cousins, have? I have his totals up right now. Kirk Cousins, career passing yards, he has 24,107 okay. career passing yards. So they gave me a, a C- minus in math. But I think, if let's say he's got six more seasons, 4,500 yards or so ahead of him, right? So let's say, let's, let's give him another 30,000 passing yards. Uh, now he's, let's say, 54, 55,000. Eli Manning's at 57,000. Right, and I think he's going to get in. He's got a really good chance to get in. You know, if you're if you're approaching fifty five ish, slightly above that maybe, and you've got a Super Bowl, that would change everything. You know, I think the Super Bowl for quarterbacks, especially, is a difference maker. Again, if you're not if you're not Trent Dilfer, if you're not Brad Johnson, mm-hmm. and you're not Joe Flacco, but those three guys, two of them, no one thought of them as being the leaders of those teams that won Super Bowls, and the third guy, Flacco had like one really amazing stretch, and then that was it. Yep. You never heard from him again, yep. and he was quite average. But everyone else, the guys who've won Super Bowls, yeah, they've been in the Hall of Fame conversation for the most part. Young, Aikman, Brett Favre, John Elway, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger. Like all those guys are going to the Super Bowl, are going to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. Like all of those yeah. guys will be Hall of Famers. Yeah. You know, now your Nick Foles won't be, you know, but those are the exceptions not the rule. So I think that would that would certainly change. But, I mean, you know, we're talking about fantasy land here. I mean, you know, like <laughs> if he wins the Super Bowl and puts up big-time yards, we're not there yet. But I think, Manny, I think it's easier for quarterbacks because you can do a thing or two. You can have a big game or two, and everyone goes, oh, of course he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. Ask somebody why Eli Manning's guaranteed to be a Hall of Famer without talking about the Super Bowls. <laughs> they can't tell you. They don't have an answer. Yeah. You know, you have to say it's for two games. And again, if that's your argument, I'm cool with it. Just admit yep. it. And if that holds a lot of weight, because I think in the case of Eli, for me, the reason why I lean yes with him is because of those two games. That's it. There's nothing else, really. Yep. And and that in this Hall of Fame, that's enough. And because of and and in the case of Eli, especially because of the historical significance, especially of his first one. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Manny. Mm-hmm. We get. But I totally get like if you tell me he's not, 
I can't even like I can't even be mad at you. I can't even like yeah. because it's like that's why I'm very very torn on the entire subject. But he's going to get with it. Eli. Yes, he's, he's going to he's get going it. to get it. Yeah. So why do we give quarterbacks that ability, that leverage to have big yeah. moments, big games? It's a great question. But other positions we don't do that at all, right? right? Edron James was the NFL rushing leader for seven seasons. Mm-hmm. And Edron James isn't in the Hall of Fame. Might not get in. Barry Sanders got to one NFC championship game in his third year in the NFL with the Lions. Uh, crazy. Now, now Barry's a different sure, yeah. a different caliber. But like that next group of running backs, nobody cares about those guys. Jamal right. Lewis, nobody cares about those guys. That next tier of wide receivers below Randy and Terrell Owens and Larry Fitzgerald to be a first ballot guy and Jerry Rice, that next group, Nobody cares if Isaac Bruce gets in or not. Like, quarterbacks get a certain, everything they do is magnified. But the other guys, yeah, the other guys don't, they don't get that. To to be a Hall of Fame linebacker, like, you got to be someone where we say your name and everyone goes, oh my goodness, he was a monster. Like, there there aren't a bunch of above average, pretty good linebackers in the NFL Hall of Fame. You've got to be someone where people, you say your name and people go, oh my goodness. Junior Seau, of course. Ray Lewis, of course. Dick Buckus, of course. Like all these guys who you say their name and you go, that guy made a real difference in the NFL. Quarterbacks, are we going to look back 20 years at the NFL Hall of Fame quarterbacks and go, oh, Phillip Rivers, that guy was really, what was he? (laughs) Tell me when you thought Phillip Rivers was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and wasn't fourth or fifth behind Breeze and Brady and the other guy who might be a top four or five quarterback that year. And that's why a lot of these guys are, that's why a guy like Phillip Rivers gets hurt by by a guy like Dan Fouts getting in because now you're, you're if you're, the, the only case you can make for Phillip Rivers, and, and I'm a Phillip Rivers guy. I like him. But, yeah. but the, the, the only case you can really make for Phillip Rivers is that well, Dan Fouts got in, and Philip Rivers is going to break every. He's going to finish his career if he hasn't already breaking just about every Chargers career record. Yeah, that Dan Fouts had when he retired. Yeah, and Dan Fouts is in the Hall of Fame. And Dan Fouts, by the way, it's not like Dan Fouts was racking up Super Bowl appearances. He got to one, I think, one AFC title game. Yeah, the Freezer Bowl in Cincinnati. But in this confusing, perplexing, mixed up era. Of yeah. the NFL Hall of Fame, there will be great. It's, it's, it's made things a lot. Guys like Joe Namath getting in, guys like Dan Fouts getting in, have made things very, very tricky for the current guys. We just had a conversation where we envision a scenario where Kirk Cousins wins a Super Bowl next year, <laughs> has another six, seven, eight more years where he's pretty good, and that's going to at least put him in a conversation. And that sounds ludicrous at this point, but go look at the guys who are in the Hall of Fame. Now, you know who we can't have that conversation about? No one's going to say that about Adam Thielen or Stephon Diggs. Those guys would have to be the best of the best yeah. for a long, long stretch before you even said those words. Kyle Rudolph as well. Davin Cook, all the other guys mm-hmm. who make up that offense would and have to be what? extraordinary. And Myron, I'm glad you brought up Dalvin Cook because running backs now, too. How are we going to look at running backs going oh, forward? Man. You know? I mean, it's because... You're looking at guys like, I mean, obviously, Adrian Peterson is, Adrian Peterson is in the Hall of Famer. Or he, he is First a Hall ballot. of Famer. Yes. There's no, there's no debate. Nope. No debate about that at all. But the problem now we're going to see with running backs is you can't, 
just look at the all-time list of guys who have the most yards all time and and use that as sort of the measuring stick of whether or not a hall of, a running back should get into the hall of fame because Agreed. because of the position because the position has changed yeah. we're not going to see guys like Frank Gore is still active right now he's the only guy that's still active that's yeah. climbing up and Frank Gore's third all time in rushing yards yeah. now you're not going to see Jerome Bettis's. You're not going to see. Yeah, you're Jamal, not going to see. see the, you're not going to see the guys. You know, Dalvin Cook's not. We're not going to be looking at Dalvin Cook ten years from now, and he's going to be climbing up the, the all time list. Of, he's not going to get the opportunities no. because the position yeah. has changed. And now you you because the era has changed, the position has changed, the value of the position has changed. It's going to be really interesting to see how running backs shape up now over the next. 15, 20 years well, with the Hall of Fame. And it's it's going to be hard. It's going to be extremely hard for the pretty good running backs. The great running backs, Christian McCaffrey, if he keeps playing like this, he'll be he'll be in the mix, right? Sure, yeah. Um, but the list of guys from this era who are going to make the Hall of Fame, the list of guys who are playing right now, how do you think, okay, Dalvin Cook's pretty good. But then you see a Damian Williams, and you go, well, he's putting up big numbers for the Chiefs. This mm-hmm. guy was undrafted. The, the position has changed a lot. Jonathan, you had something to say. No, that was my question, is how many guys from the past five, ten years do we imagine are going to get in? Not many. No, I think Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore. and I think right now, if you said that? right now, running backs that get into the Hall of Fame right now who are still active, it's Adrian Peterson, it's Frank Gore. Yeah. And then there are a whole bunch of guys where you go, we'll see. But the we'll see list for me is really small. Alvin Kamara, could he continue – at, at New Orleans, Christian McCaffrey, who's really more than a running back, right? Like, the list is pretty, pretty small, largely because these guys aren't going to play, to your point, Manny, more than four or five years. Because mm-hmm. as soon as they get, they got a big number attached to them, a big a big cap hit, teams are going to move on. Like, look at Le'Veon Bell. I was, see, I was just going like to bring him up. Not anymore. I mean, you thought he was on his way definitely to a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. W- what has he done since then? You know, he sits out a year, mm-hmm. comes to the Jets, nothing there. Like, Le'Veon Bell went from an era where teams still thought, let's win with the run game and let's just feed the beast. And he was a guy who could catch out of the backfield as well. To In the year he missed, the league was like, give me that undrafted kid. Uh, give me Chris Carson if you're the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, a guy who I believe was a seventh-round pick. Give me Damian Williams, undrafted. Uh, the kid at San Francisco, uh, Moster, Mostert. Uh, give Brandon me him. Mostert, yeah. Give me him. Undrafted as well. Give me those guys, and we're going to run those dudes on these minimum contracts until they can't run anymore, and then we'll replace them. Because scheme is so important now in the NFL. Like, it's not how shifty are you and how fast. No, it's it's the totality of the run attack, and that's what's changed. The individual runner uh, is not worth as much as they were even three years ago when Le'Veon Bell wanted $25 million or whatever it was. Here's a name for you. Give it to me. Shady McCoy. Ooh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I say no. Eleven thousand yards. Jamal Lewis. Career. Jamal Lewis is close to that. Jamal yeah. Lewis has twelve thousand five hundred total yards rushing yards. I think Jamal Lewis is at ten thousand seven hundred. Jamal Lewis had a two thousand yard season. Yeah. I mean, Jamal Lewis has done some big things. Won a Super Bowl. And but, I'm biased towards Jamal Lewis because he's a former Tennessee Vol. Right. But has anybody but, yeah. had a conversation about Jamal Lewis getting into the Hall of Fame? No. For me, if Edron James doesn't get in, because at a minimum you look at Edron James and say consistency. 
Like, there is a seven-year period in the NFL where if you look at rushing leaders, it's Edron James. Yeah. And that guy's not in. So if he's not in, I don't know that I can put Shady McCoy in. Right. I'm going to have a hard time putting anybody but Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson. Beyond that, the wide receivers, get that gets complicated as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, Larry Fitzgerald, who's behind Jerry Rice now, which if you want to know something remarkable about how good Jerry Rice was, Larry Fitzgerald could put together two 2,000-yard seasons in 2020 and 2021, and he still wouldn't catch Jerry Rice. That's how good Jerry Rice was. Yeah, But Larry Fitzgerald is a first ballot guy. Who else? Julio Jones? I think Julio's a Hall of So Famer. Julio's going to be there? Yep. Who else? Is Calvin Johnson guaranteed? That's going to be an interesting yeah. case as well. Like, so I think everyone but quarterbacks, like it's the reverse for everyone except quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, you, you shine a light on a couple moments and we go, oh man, certainly. Everyone else, we go, well, I, I don't know if that's good enough. And it's going to get harder and harder for running backs and tight ends and wide receivers to to get there. Yeah, Calvin Johnson, 731 catches, 11,619 yards. Is that enough? 83 touchdowns. It's very it's it, is that enough? Here's a name and I wanted to get into it, get into him anyway and talk about him. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is a guy who had one of the more remarkable stretches we've seen at that position. I believe the only guy to have four 1500-yard receiving seasons um he he, he was special. Yeah. And now he's see, I getting think, arrested. See, I think from a from a number standpoint and even more so from a production, a level of excellence and production standpoint, for Antonio Brown, it's a yes for me. What's going to be interesting with him, though, is all of this off-the-field stuff that's come up. Oh, that'll hurt last you. Year. That, and, and fair or not, it has hurt guys. Yes. In the past, it hurt. I mean, Terrell Owens didn't do anything even remotely close to what Antonio Brown has been doing and making a joke and, and making a, 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 yeah. a sort of an embarrassment of himself that, you know, like like what Antonio Brown has been doing for the last two weeks. Yeah. yeah. And look how long, look how much of a joke that was for Terrell Owens. Third ballot. Yeah, I mean, it... it so, I mean, it's it's... But, I mean, from a number standpoint and from a level of excellence and production with Antonio Brown, it's an absolute yes for me. But I, I don't understand why we consider all of these other things for anyone who's not a quarterback. Yeah. Nobody talks about Ben Roethlisberger not getting in, and we know the cases that were hanging over his head oh, yeah. a couple of years ago. No one's ever mentioned him as a guy who may not get in. Ben's also a guy that has led the league in interceptions multiple times. He, he has. Yeah. Uh, Brett Favre? Go look in the archives about old Brett Favre. Yeah. And some of the things that have been have been attached to his name, right? No one's no one said Brett Favre doesn't get in, but everybody else is playing with this different standard and it just doesn't make sense to me. Do you know and this is not a I think Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer, but do you know he has and I think once I say this you're going to know why right away. Ben Roethlisberger has never made an all-pro team. Well, because of, because of who uh, he was for, playing. For obvious reasons, yeah. because of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady yeah. and, and Aaron Rodgers and all that. But that's just amazing to think about. Like, 
He's a Hall of Famer. I think Ben Roethlisberger is a I think Hall he definitely of Famer. Is. The Super Bowls, that, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, but it's also just kind of funny to, to think that like he's never made an All-Pro team. Yeah. We know why, but it's still just kind of funny to think about. Like, Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, and there's no doubt about it. But then you look and say, well, he's never been an All-Pro. Well, we're going to have to judge everybody a certain way if they played at the same time as Peyton Manning, Tom right. Brady, Drew Brees. Yep. But that said... Eli, to me, doesn't come up as a guy who was right there behind those guys. Roethlisberger does. I mean, Roethlisberger, in many cases, was the guy who was right behind that group, won a Super Bowl. He's just in a different class. Yeah, too. Yeah, too. I mean, the first one, he was sort of more of a game manager type. Right. But, yeah, he will get credit for both. I think uh, he gets in as a result. But I just think there need, we just need – I need to see a list of what it takes to get into the Hall of Fame. Because for me – Kick everybody out except the great players. You'd have 10% of the guys who are in there now. If you weren't great, and I'm talking, we're not having a conversation. We're not going to the barbershop and going, well, what do you think? (laughs) We are saying, no, you are great. Your name is Jim Brown. Yes, you're going to the Hall of Fame. I don't care how many years you played. I don't care that you retired early. By the way, one of the greatest retirements of all time. You know that story, right? He was on the set. Uh, of the Dirty Dozens, and Paul Brown, who's the owner of the Browns, calls him and says, we need you to get back to the team. It's training camp. you got to come back. Jim Brown goes, well, I'm filming a movie. Looks like I'm retired, and that was it. <laughs> like, that was legitimately how Jim Brown retired. He told that's, the Browns, that's totally I'm filming Brown a move. movie, I love it. Uh, and guess what? Looks like I'm not going to make it to training camp. I'll see you all when I see you. Now, mind you, at the time, the guy was probably making 10 times as much in movies than he was in football. But we don't have conversations about those guys. Joe Montana, Steve Young. I know Manny thinks Steve Young was a better quarterback, but we don't debate whether or not they were Hall of Famers. Right. Brett Favre, we don't debate whether or not he was a Hall of Famer. Dick Buckus was certainly a Hall of Famer. Lawrence Taylor. Like, these are guys yeah. where you say their names and everyone's like, oh, yeah, that dude's in the Hall of Fame. No doubt. And then from there, things get confusing. I do want to touch on Antonio Brown uh, before we go to break and just what's happened there. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Brown turned himself in today, if you don't know, uh, was facing is facing a number of charges, battery, uh, accused of assaulting a moving truck operator, uh, and just a string of bizarre incidents that have followed him over the last couple of years. He's been accused of uh, assaulting women. Uh, he, he has been – there was an incident film where – the mother of a couple of his children is at the house a couple of weeks back and Antonio's calling her names in front of the kids. He's he's going after the police officers and, and just this guy is spiraling out of control. And and I think the thing about this situation to me, Manny, is that there were so many red flags. And the challenge is when you ignore those with a dude like that because he's so good at football, it's fine if you think he's still on your roster. Because when the Raiders got rid of him and he went to the Patriots, everyone's like, oh, man, this guy's going to be a difference maker. Then he has mm-hmm. a touchdown in his first game. And then the Patriots get rid of him, and there was still a group of people who were like, maybe he still has some football left. Let's see what happens. This is the consequence of entitlement. Yeah. And when you have a guy like that who got chance after chance after chance, in spite of all of his off-the-field nonsense, and then here he is facing jail time uh, after a string of incidents. Like, in some ways, we're responsible because we let these guys get away with stuff, 
and now we're surprised that Antonio Brown is facing jail time, that he had to be released on a six-figure bond because he had to go to court today, turn himself in. Who's surprised by that? I'm not surprised you by know, that at all. His agent uh, cut ties with him, saying that he needs to get a mental health evaluation. Now, here's that other thing. Mental health is a very sensitive subject, and I certainly think there are people who have played in the NFL uh, who have dealt with the traumatic consequences of that, and it, it has affected their mental health long-term. But every time one of these guys gets in trouble, people go, well, it's mental health. How do you know? What makes you a psychologist or psychiatrist or an expert to understand the correlation between what he did on the football field and what he's doing now? Here's another theory, and I'm not an expert on anything. What if he's a jerk? Like, what if he's just a jerk? Mm -hmm. Like, sometimes that's all it is. You've got entitled dudes who go into regular life assuming that nobody has to, that everyone has to bow to them. They play according to their own rules. And guess what? They've lived a long life as a rich jerk. And that's how they conduct themselves. And that's how they act. And I think Antonio Brown falls into that category of guys who have surrounded themselves with yes men, thinking that they can get away with anything they want, millions of dollars in the bank. And now that all of that's gone away, because he missed out on $30 million, mm-hmm. right? And I think he's going to get some of that back in the grievance case, but he ain't getting the $30 million. You're starting to see the effects of that. You're starting to see what happens to a guy when he's like, dude, football's not going to take you back, Manny. And it's people say it's sad. I don't see it that way. I see a guy who is an alleged criminal who was also pretty good at football, and well, that's what we're seeing now. Well, and I, you know, it's... <sighs> I guess in some ways it's sad, but I think it's more so sad for the people that he's affected. Yes. And they should be, that should be the focus. More, I think it's a lot sadder for his kids. I think it's a lot sadder for the women in his life that he has affected negatively yes. Yes. in all of this. Like that's, and I, and I know it's easy to have the focus on AB because he is, he's the celebrity in all of this. Yeah. He's the most well-known person in all of this. But that video of him yelling at the cops and that's terrible, you know, dropping the n word and and all this other stuff, and his kids are there. It's terrible, like that's that's where that's where I was sad because it's like his kids are seeing this; they're yep. right at the forefront of this, and he has no understanding of the impact that he's having on his kids by behaving this way in front of them. That was the really sad part for me. How much mental help or how much of his mental health that needs to be addressed with him, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like he needs to go see this doctor and they need to evaluate. I don't know. But my biggest concern is the people that he has affected along, especially the last couple of years that all of this stuff has been has been going on. And for all we know, this stuff has been going on for years. We're just learning a lot of this stuff over the last calendar year yeah. with him. But who knows how long all of this stuff has been going on. And we're just now seeing it. And I mean, we're just now seeing it. I mean, Mike Tomlin didn't want to deal with it anymore. And Mike Tomlin, uh, that culture is about as good as you can get with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if they're saying we're moving on, that's probably a good sign yeah. uh, that things aren't going well. I don't know if he needs help or not, but I certainly think his alleged victims need support as well, as you mentioned. We're going to come back, talk more Vikings here on Purple Daily on Score North.
Scorenorth.com and Score North. I don't know why Paul's like that. Score North we'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. Need a gift idea for the outdoor adventure in your life? Shop the Allbirds Mizzle Collection, made with water-repellent puddle guard technology and ZQ-certified merino wool with a low environmental impact. It's a natural fit for winter runs. And Allbirds offsets the carbon footprint to make their Mizzle Collection carbon neutral, so you can take comfort in treading lighter. Get on their nice list this year with the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com.